We come to you with humble hearts, surrendered hearts, God, before you. We come to you, God, because we, in our hearts, we want to keep the Sabbath, God. We want to keep this day holy for you, God. So we are here to honor you, to glorify you, God, to exalt your holy name, O oh God. Father, I pray that you have your way. You continue to have your way through this service, Father. I pray for the hearts that are in the house and those that are live streaming, Father, that your word go forth, Father, to enter into the hearts and the minds of your people, God, that your, that your word just change the hearts and minds of your people, God. I pray that you move me aside and let your word come forth. Father, bless us. Keep us, God. Bless this community, God. God, bless this world. God, we need you, God. We need you, Father. But we are not moved by what we see, God. We are not moved by what we see, God. We are not shaken by what we see because we know that you are in control. So, God, we're here to give you glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're here to honor you, God. I pray that you continue your work. <laughs> you continue your work as your word goes forth. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I have a few announcements before we get started this morning, a few announcements. Today, church, at 4.30, all right, thank you, Lord, for this day. What did Easter mean to you, church? What did Easter mean to you? Besides the, the family fun, besides the, the feast, the great food, besides the, the Easter egg hunts, the, the eggs, what did Easter mean to you? Did you make it personal? Did you make Easter personal? Did you take the resurrection of Jesus Christ personal? Did you make it personal? Because we know that Easter happened, church, because of us. Easter happened because of us, because we needed saving. God knew that we could not handle the trials and the tribulations of this world on our own. Easter happened because God so loved the world that he knew that we needed rescuing from the destruction of our very own sin nature, our very own selves, church. Easter represented change. Easter represented change. Dead to sin. Dead to sin alive to God, alive to God. Do I have any witnesses today that's on the path of change, that's on the path to be dead to sin and alive to God? Any witnesses? Easter represented, church, salvation. Easter represented salvation and eternal life. Do I have any witnesses that because of Easter, you decided to surrender your heart to the Lord or rededicate your hearts to the Lord because of Easter. Because of Easter. It is important that we realize that Jesus died and was rose and rose again for you and I. For you and I. He wants us to accept his gifts, church. His gifts of Forgiveness and salvation that leads to new life. The free gifts. The free gifts. The gifts of eternal life that gives us a living hope. That gives us a living hope. The gift of resurrection power. The guidance of the Holy Spirit. The guidance of the Holy Spirit. These gifts, church, are ours. These gifts are yours, are yours.
But a lot of us, including myself, may feel as though we don't deserve those gifts. That we are not worthy of these gifts. And that's true. And I'm not worthy either, but regardless of how worthy we are, those gifts are ours. They are ours. That is the goodness of God. That is the goodness of God. Jesus was tortured, crucified, sentenced to death so that we could be saved, church. Change people with the power to endure and be overcomers in this life, church. To be able to endure through your trials. Able to endure through your struggles. Able to in, in, in endure through all that we see in this world. To overcome our temptations. To overcome our failures our shortcomings, to overcome Satan himself. The gifts, church. Jesus' death and resurrection offered us eternal life. Eternal life. Because he lived, we too shall live with him forever. Amen? Amen. That is hope. That's hope. Freedom from strongholds of this world, church. Freedom to live as changed people. Freedom to live as righteous people. It offers forgiveness that we don't even deserve. That we don't even deserve. It offers restoration through his unconditional love that we don't even deserve, church, that we are not worthy of. But yet God loves us so he made us worthy through our faith in the resurrection. Only by our faith through his grace. Easter means change. Easter means change. The death and resurrection of Jesus gives us the gift of new life, church. Of new life. New birth, new birth, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit to live as changed people for God. Not for ourselves, but for God. Through the resurrected Christ. Through the resurrected Christ. So again, I ask you, what did Easter mean to you? What did Easter mean to you? Did you make it personal? Did you make it personal? Are you living as a changed person for Christ? Are you living as a changed person, church, for Christ? Are you on the path of righteousness? Are you on the path of righteousness? Have you cried out to the Lord in repentance? Have you cried out in repentance? Have you made the commitment to be holy? Not perfect, but holy. Righteous, church. Blameless before the Lord. Blameless. Have you allowed the power of the resurrection to enter into your hearts? To enter into your heart by truly accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. Truly into your hearts, church? Have you allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to change your hearts, to change your minds? Have you had an intimate, an intimate encounter with the resurrected Christ? With the resurrected Christ. Because that's who he is now, church. That is who he is. He's not the baby in the manger anymore. He's not the tortured, crucified Christ hanging from a cross. He is the risen Christ, the resurrected Christ, the resurrected Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The resurrection offered us a chance to be changed, to be changed. Have you committed to that change? I raised my hand. 
I raised my hand. This week, the Holy Spirit revealed some things to me within my mind and within my heart that needed changing. And I pray that it shows in my ways, in my ways. Change of heart, a change of mind, renewal of our minds, not in the knowledge of this world, but in the knowledge of the Lord. And when I say knowledge, I mean spiritual knowledge, the knowledge that we can only receive from the Lord, his spiritual knowledge, church. So to be changed, we must have that intimate encounter with the resurrected Christ. Intimate meaning a heart to heart, a heart to heart with Jesus, a heart to heart with Jesus. See, Jesus didn't die, and God didn't raise him from the dead for us to remain the same. For us to remain the same. No, to continue to live under the authority of our sinful nature. No, that's not it, church. That's not it. If we remain the same, how can we change the world? If we remain the same, how can we change our environment? How can we change our communities? How can we change the room in our very own houses? How can we change the atmosphere of our jobs? Where these are the places that we can witness the most. That we are around these people every single day. Where our witness stand for us, church. How can we change our communities if we are not changed ourselves? If we are not changed. If there is no change, our hearts are still closed to Jesus. It's just as simple as that. If there is no change, our hearts are still closed to Jesus no matter what we say. We haven't truly received the resurrected Christ into our hearts. If our, way, if our ways have not changed. If our ways have not changed. And I can testify to that. Because my life didn't really change. My ways didn't really change until I truly surrendered my heart to Christ. Truly. But when I was playing with surrendering my heart to Christ, I was struggling bad. I was struggling. I was stuck in my sin. Stuck. But when you truly surrender your heart to Christ, things will change. Things will change. We know that when, when someone has your heart, church, they have your focus. They have your attention. When someone has your heart, there is nothing that you won't do for them. When you truly allow the resurrected Christ to live within your heart, church, there will be change. There will be change. There will be change in your thinking. There will be change in the words that comes out of your mouth. There will be change in the way you see people, the way you view people. The way you love people, the way you speak to people, the way you care for people. The resurrected Christ is our living hope, church. He is our living hope. He is our hope to be changed. He is our hope to be forgiven. He is our hope to be restored. Hallelujah. 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 Even though, church, we are not worthy. Even though we stand unworthy, <laughs> these promises of ours, even though we stand unworthy, the resurrection makes a way for us to be worthy in God's eyes. In God's eyes, church. Romans 8 says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to him, the power of the life 
life-giving spirit has freed you, freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Besides bringing us eternal life, Jesus, Jesus has come to bring change to our present life, church, to our present life. We must understand that. We have to live in the here and now. He did not leave us in the here and now to be the same. He wants us prepared for the later, for the later. He wants to change us for the better. He wants us to change us to be more like him, to be more like him. Jesus has come into our lives to make us more like him, to place within us the desires and the motives of the Spirit, of the Spirit. This gives us no excuses. This gives us no excuses. The Spirit has opened the door to freedom, to freedom, church, for us to walk through. That door is open. That door is open. And on the other side of that door is freedom from sin, from death, freedom from strongholds, addictions, depression, anxiety, guilt, shame, freedom from the stronghold of Satan, from the stronghold of Satan. Will anyone, church, commit to walking through that door freedom today? Will anyone commit to walking through that door of freedom today? Because you have given your life to Christ, there is no condemnation, church. There is no condemnation from God in your future. There is none. Hallelujah. None. No matter what man say. No matter what man say. None. You have been given a new start. You have been given a new start. You have a face. You have to look forward to a, a future of blessings. A future of blessings by, by surrendering your heart. A future of blessings, church. But you have to walk through that door. You have to walk through that door. The Spirit of God is waiting. The Spirit of God is waiting for you to walk into your new life. To walk into your new life. That door is open for us to be changed people. For us to be changed people. For God. For God. One day that door might close. One day that door might close, church. Time is ticking. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life, church, has begun, and all of this is a gift. Hallelujah. All of this is a gift from God. A gift. Easter represents new life through the resurrection. Through the resurrection. When we are baptized, when we are baptized, immersed in that water, we're not meant to rise as the same people, church. When Jesus was baptized, he didn't rise as the same person. The Holy Spirit of God came upon him, and he started his ministry, changing the world around him. Hallelujah. That's available for us. When we see that water getting baptized, church, that represents change. It's not just water laying there, no. When we come up out of there, we change people. We change people for God. Hallelujah. It's a gift from, from God to the whole world. To the whole world, the gift of raising his son from the dead so that we could be changed people. So that we could be changed people through his forgiveness, through his forgiveness. 
God forgives where wrong has been done. God forgives where wrong has been done. So why are we so angry with people? <laughs> why are we so angry with people? Why are we so angry with ourselves? Why do we want others to be so perfect and we're not? And we are not, church. Forget about whether man forgives. God forgives where wrong has been done. Because God knows that we are not perfect. But God wants to see a contract heart. Someone who will admit their wrongs. Someone who will forgive the wrong of others. Someone who will receive his forgiveness. Repentance. Repentance is telling God that I am giving up the old for the new. Repentance is telling God I am giving up, God, the old for your new. Repentance leads to forgiveness. And forgiveness leads to change. A changed life. A changed life. And no one, no one probably was more happier for that forgiveness than Simon Peter. Than Simon Peter. Simon Peter loved and followed Jesus with a deep devotion. But he was also a man who failed Jesus miserably. Miserably. When the Roman guards came to arrest Jesus before the crucifixion, Simon Peter denied Jesus three times only to preserve his own life. But Peter was devastated by what he had done. He was devastated. He thought his life, church, was over. He thought his life was over because he had failed the Lord. He saw himself as unworthy. Unworthy. But God, hallelujah. But God, hallelujah. God had another plan. God had another plan. See, Peter lived every day with Christ for, what, three years almost? Three years. He knew Christ intimately before the resurrection. Before the resurrection. But when he met him after the resurrection. Hallelujah. When Peter met the resurrected Christ, everything changed. Everything changed for Simon Peter. Instead of being disqualified for eternal life in heaven after denying Christ, Jesus forgave him. Jesus forgave him. But not only did he forgive him, hallelujah, Jesus restored him. He restored him, church. Is there anybody who needs to be restored today? Anybody who needs to be restored today? We can, we can line up our lives against every person in the Bible every trouble, struggle that they went through. And our struggles and, and troubles that we go through don't even compare. Don't even compare. But our small troubles and struggles keeps us away from the Lord. How was that, church? How was that? There may be someone here that's broken. That's broken that need to be restored, that need to be restored. But the only way to be restored and to free yourself is through repentance. It's through repentance. But somehow, sometimes we want to hold on to our secrets, right? We want to hold on to those secrets as if God <laughs> don't know, as if God don't know. A lot of us are not willing 
to surrender our pride so we remain broken people. We remain unforgiving people, church. We have to admit our failures, our wrongs. That means repentance. Turn away from whatever it is. Give up whatever it is, church, to have a change of mind, a change of heart. Surrender your heart and turn back to God. Never to go back, but to turn away and turn towards the resurrected Christ. The resurrected Christ who awaits us all. Even in our unworthiness, he awaits us all with open arms. With open arms. Peter had that very encounter with the resurrected Christ, church. Peter had that very encounter. That encounter changed his life. It changed his life. That encounter changed the heart. And that encounter offered Peter forgiveness of his failures. Of his failures. And Peter became a changed man. And some would say that he changed the world for Christ. That he changed the world for Christ. Peter became a changed man by understanding the resurrection. By understanding the resurrection. He had have, he have heard about it, but he never understood it until he seen it. Hallelujah, until he seen it. See, Easter Church in many ways is like a new beginning for us. It's a new beginning for a Christian. If anybody failed to, to have that new beginning at the beginning of the year, Easter is another chance. Easter is another chance where God, through the resurrection story, gives us new revelation on how to be saved people, on how to truly have faith in the resurrected Christ. Truly. Are we going to take advantage of that, church? Again, what did Easter mean to you? What did Easter mean to you? Easter means forgiveness is ours. Easter means forgiveness is ours. The same unworthy people Peter, God is using him to encourage the world. To encourage the world that the resurrected Christ gives us a living hope. That same Peter that denied Jesus, that turned his back on Jesus, is now bringing wisdom to us from the Lord. So what are your chances, right? What are your, our chances as the song says, get up out of that grave, church. Rise up out of that grave and be new people for God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to look at 1 Peter, starting at verse 3. This Peter explains to us that we have a living hope. A living hope. The same Peter that denied Christ to preserve his own life. We would think that Christ would have, Christ would have condemned him. That Christ wouldn't have forgiven him. That he wouldn't have a place in heaven with Christ. But God used him in a mighty way. A mighty way. In his failures. In his unworthiness, church. Verse 3, it reads, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, hallelujah, never spoil or fade, hallelujah. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. This is what awaits you, church, our living hope, Jesus. <laughs> this is who awaits us in heaven, our living hope, Jesus. 
our living hope. This is the blessing of salvation. And it will never perish. It will never spoil. It will never fade. Hallelujah. We will always find God's mercy at the beginning of any discussion of salvation. We will always find God's mercy at any discussion about salvation because we didn't deserve it. Because we were not worthy of it. Because only God's mercy would allow him to have compassion for sin, sinful, rebellious people. Only his mercy. Only through his mercy, church. Salvation is completely from God. Completely from God. We can do nothing to earn it. Salvation is given to us by God's great mercy alone. By God's great mercy alone that you are saved. It is a gift made possible through the resurrected Christ. A gift made possible through the resurrected Christ. Peter's words, church, should bring us joy. It should bring us joy and hope in our troubled times. We ought to be confident in what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Confidence. He has given us a hope of eternal life, church. Eternal life. Because he lives, we also will live. We also will live. He is our hope for the future. He is our living hope. Because Jesus is alive and well. He's living in every believer. Every believer, church, Jesus is alive and well. See, eternal life begins when you truly trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Not when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, like most of us may think. But it's only when you trust him as your Lord and Savior to free you from, this, from your rebellious nature. Truly trust God. Because we see a lot of people that accepted Christ but still walking in their sinful nature. They don't trust that they can be changed people within their heart. They don't trust that Jesus came into their life to change them. We must sacrifice our life for the life of the resurrected Christ. We must lay down our life for the life of Jesus. That's what it's all about, church. That's what it's all about, to join God's family. See, we didn't got comfortable in God's family. We think we have arrived in God's family. Oh, I'm a child of God. We wave the flag. You can't touch me. But we're not living the life. We're not living the life. We're not strong in the Lord. We're letting the troubles of this world, we're letting Satan just tear us apart. If we're not strong, think about the person that's next to us. How would they be strong if we're not strong? If we're representing Christ with our life, with our words, everything that we do. Think about the person on each side of you, before you, behind you. The children of this world. We must be strong in the Lord. We must let them know that Jesus is our living hope. That Jesus is our living hope. Regardless of our pain, our trials, there's an inheritance that awaits us in heaven. An inheritance, church. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we can be confident that this life is not all there is. When you see these young kids today, Wants to live in the moment. Wants to snatch and grab everything in the moment. Tell them to slow down. This is not it. This is not it. This life is not all there is. In his mercy, he has given us new birth. In his mercy, he has offered us new birth. In his mercy, church. See, God has given Simon Peter new birth. 
in all his unworthiness, all his unworthy. And through the resurrected Christ, he is willing to do the same for us. I know a lot of us may count ourselves unworthy. I'll be the first to raise my hand to admit it. But I got to be strong in the Lord. I got to know that the Lord don't want me to walk in that unworthiness. Even though we're unworthy, we got to be strong in the Lord. We know our faults, but we bring them to the feet of Jesus. We bring them to the feet of Jesus, and he lifts us up strong, church, strong, with those faults behind us. Hallelujah. With those faults behind us. Mm. Soldiers for Christ. We're not perfect, never will be. But we're soldiers for Christ. We can't think about ourselves. Think about the person that's watching you. The unseen person that's watching you. You don't know that they're watching you. On your job. People know. People know who you are. People know that you're a child of God. And they are expecting things from you. They are. New birth, church. New birth. He has given us new birth. New birth. God has given us a chance to be made over. <laughs> he has given us a chance to be made over. I don't know how many times I have cried out to the Lord, Lord, please make me over. Lord, please make me over. I don't want to be like this, Lord. I don't want to be like this. Help me, Lord, to change my ways. Help me to change my ways. And even though I cry out, I stand before you, I still have them cries today. Today. Lord, please help me to change my ways. I don't want to be like this, Lord. We should always have them cries because we will never be perfect. Our salvation here on earth is never complete and never will be. So we should always offer up repentance. Remove this flesh, Lord. How many times you cried that out? Remove this flesh. <laughs> Man, it brings back so many memories. I just wanted to rip this flesh apart. Remove it, Lord. Remove it. New birth, church, refers to spiritual birth. Spiritual birth, regeneration, the Holy Spirit's act of bringing believers into the family of God. <laughs> New birth into the family of God through the resurrected Christ. New birth into the family of God. God is holy. New birth into the family of God. We should be representing that holiness, being now in God's family. New birth into the family of God. Do we take it seriously? Because that's what Easter is, church. Do we take it seriously? New birth into the family of God. Jesus used this concept, church, when he, of new birth when he told Nicodemus he had to be born again. He had to be born again in order to see God's kingdom. We don't think that's real. We don't think that's real. We think it's just words to be born again, not actions. Because we accept Christ, we raise our hand to accept Christ, and we said a prayer, and that's it. God is holy. He expects us to be holy. Holy doesn't mean perfect. It means righteous. Righteous. Blameless before God, church. That means that a person's life must be spiritually renewed in order to be spiritually saved. Spiritually renewed in the things of God in order to be spiritually saved. A lot of us are just saved. 
nothing spiritual going on. Nothing. Have you been spiritually renewed? Have you been spiritually renewed? Renewed. Spiritual birth, new birth, and inward recreation of our spirit, of a person's spirituality. A transforming change. It's a remaking. See, everything is a, is a change. It is a remaking of our attitudes. How many need that adjustment, right? A remaking of our thoughts. A remaking of our actions. It's change all across the board, wherever you look at it. It is change. In the new birth, we have become dead to our sinful nature that we were born with, church, and through our faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which blesses us with the Holy Spirit, we become alive to God. Get up out of that grave. Get up out of that grave and come alive to God. Come alive to God, church. Hallelujah. God has offered us a way to come alive to him, and we want to live for the world. No, no, come alive to God. Oh, what greater, church, what greater there is. What greater there is to be able to come alive to God. <laughs> that don't mean we have to go work eight hours on a job. It's not like that. It's all about your faith. Your commitment to that personal, intimate relationship with the resurrected Christ. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let him pour into your hearts. Let the Holy Spirit have his way with you and let him make us alive to God. Make him come alive to God. Do you want to be alive to God, church? alive to God. Well, this is the chance. This is the opportunity. We come through God's, the, the doors of God's house to show God that we're alive, God. We're alive. To walk back out into the world and show the world that we are alive to God. The separation, church, the separation. We love you, but I'm going to show you what it means to be alive to God and not the world. And not the world. Alive to God. Easter represents change. And if we celebrate Easter, we must represent change, church. A new start. A fresh beginning. <laughs> it was last week, but you it came over to this week. So that's why if you missed the opportunity last week, Renewal is today. Renewal. What did Easter mean to you? Did you take it personal? Are you living as a changed person for Christ? Are you living as a changed person for Christ? Again, Peter says he has given us new birth into a living hope. A living hope. A living hope. Peter is saying that our new birth provides our living hope. When we are born again, we now have a living hope, a hope in this life that we will see the next life, church, reminding us that salvation is a gift from God, a gift from God. See, we have people that live in this world that don't even know Jesus that don't even know Jesus without experiencing new birth into God's family. And those people hope are dependent on this fallen world and their own fallen nature. But what happens when they face the struggles of this world? What happens when they face the challenges that this world presents to them, church? What happens when sorrow come over them? When grief 
comes over them. When despair comes over them, what happens? When this world lets them down, what happens? They have nothing else to hope in. They have nothing else to hope in. And we know what happens when people become hopeless. We see what happens when people become hopeless. That sinful nature come out when people become hopeless. The evil comes out when people become hopeless. And this what God knows, church. That is why he sent his son to be the blood sacrifice for us to bring us that living hope. To bring us that living hope. New birth into a living hope is anchored in the resurrection. And anchored in the resurrection and it continues to the present because he lives. Because he lives. It endures through the future because Jesus promises eternal life. So that hope we always have. Always. Always, church. New birth is meant to change who we are. New birth is meant to change who we are. It is meant to change us. Dead to sin, alive to righteousness in Jesus Christ. Alive, church. See, our hope is not just wishful thinking. It's not just wishful thinking. It don't offer us the empty promises of this world. No, this is real. This is real, church. That's why we are called believers. That's why we are called believers. Our hope is just not empty promises. We are called believers because we believe that we have that living hope in Christ. But we have to live it. We have to show it to the world. The Great Commission. <laughs> Go tell the world what we know about Christ. Share it so that they can have the living hope. So that they can know the living hope. It's not just in here. The living hope enables us to live without despair, church. Live without despair as we face these sufferings and trials of this world. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. Therefore, we don't give up. Therefore, we don't give up. Even though our bodies are dying, even though our bodies are being destroyed day by day, that inner spirit man, is being renewed day by day. Our faith is not in these bodies. Our faith is in what's in our hearts. What's in our hearts. These bodies are going to fade. But our spirits will live, church. Will live. Live. Closing Ephesians. Paul says this, and he basically sums it up right here. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. We was dead before the resurrection. We was dead before the resurrection. So after the resurrection, after God has given us this revelation of the resurrection, we should be alive to God. We should represent ourselves as being alive to God. Represent new birth. Represent new birth. Be born again. 
Be born again, church. Dead to sin. Dead to sin. Alive to God. Alive to God. But God is so rich in his mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. We have a living hope, church, to face the challenges of this world. No need for despair. No need for despair. When you face your troubles, when you face your trials, the turmoils of this world, no need for despair. No need for despair. When you face loss, when you face grief, when you face sorrow, no need for despair. When you face hopelessness, no need for despair. We have a living hope. We have a living hope. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, Father. Father, I ask you, and I, and I just pray, Father, that I thank you, Father, for just using me to bring forth your word, Lord. I open myself up to you, Father, to be your open vessel, Father, to use me as you will, Father. I pray that I've done your word justice, Father. I pray that your word will penetrate the hearts and minds of your people, Father. Because only through your word, God, only through your word, that will draw them in, your word and your spirit, Father. So, Father, I just thank you for being present today with us. Thank you for watching over us, Father, for keeping us, Father, for sustaining us, Father. I pray, Father, as we leave this place today, Father, that you, you, you open up the eyes of your people to minister to the lost, to seek out the lost, to help the needy, to grow in your ways, to live as changed people, to show people what it's like to be alive to God, to show people what it's like to know the resurrected Christ, to show people what Easter is really all about, God. I thank you for this time of worship, God. I thank you for each and every heart that is in this house, God. I ask you to bless them. I ask you to bless them in a mighty way. I ask you to cover them, God. Put your shield around them, God. Protect them from the fiery dots of the enemy, God. Those that are live streaming, God, bless their families. Bless their homes, God. Father, we love you. We thank you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Church said, these altars.